The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Yesterday, we began looking at Genesis chapter 49 and verse 10, where Jacob is blessing his son Judah. He makes the statement that the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. We began to see yesterday that the reference to Shiloh is really a reference to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We left off yesterday talking about how Jesus would be the lion of the tribe of Judah. And today we conclude our thoughts on this rich prophecy of the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
And notice in verse 9, and, and, and couple that with verses 11 and 12, you have a vision here of a bloody lion crouched down over his prey. You see a lion, he says, he stooped down, he couched as a lion. You know, we're, there's a reason that the Lord Jesus Christ is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion is the, is the strongest of the beasts. He's, the, he's the, the king of the jungle, as we call him today. He, he, on, the, on the plains of Africa, there is none to challenge a healthy, full-grown lion. There's no challenging him. Here we see the Lord Jesus Christ compared to a lion. And notice it said that his, he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. There's great symbolism here. This is a bloodied lion who has victoriously conquered and vanquished his foe. Notice also in verse 11, he says, Binding his foal unto the vine and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. <laughs> Sometime, well, let's just turn over there right quick. Over in Zechariah chapter 9, in verse, um, verse 9, I believe it is. Zechariah chapter 9, in verse 9, listen to this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, and shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. You can turn over to Matthew chapter 21 and verse 5 and you're going to read about the Lord Jesus Christ riding into Jerusalem on, on a, uh, upon the colt, the foal of an ass, and he is sitting there on that donkey as he rides in and Matthew quotes this very verse. You see, in verse 11, Genesis chapter 49, he's already talking about this binding his foal unto the vine and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. By the way, there's a lot of symbolism there too. I don't have time to go into it tonight. Sometime I encourage you to go read in the book of Job. We read it last week or a couple of weeks ago. In the 11th chapter, I believe it is, in the 15th verse, when Zophar is talking to Job there, he says, Vain man would be wise, though he, born, though he be born like the wild ass's colt. Long story short, I'll just sum it up and say this. Man is like that colt. We're told in the 21st chapter of Matthew that Jesus mounted that colt, sat upon its back, and it was a foal upon which no man had ever sat. You ever thought about what would happen if you and I tried to sit on a donkey particularly, but any kind of animal like that, upon which a man had never sat? He'd never been broken. He'd never, been, he'd never been tamed. <laughs> he'd throw us off. He'd throw us off. I don't care. There's no, every preacher in the world can browbeat and try to, uh, try to ride up on the, 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 the wild donkey's colts of this world, but only the Lord Jesus Christ can break one. I, I'm so thankful for that. I, that's another message. If I don't get off of that, I'm going to end up preaching it. So let's, uh, let's move on. <laughs> Why Shiloh? Why Shiloh? Why is this? term used for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe it's very simple. Because there is no peace between God and man since the Garden of Eden. There has been no peace without someone being an intercessor. You remember what Romans chapter 8 and verse 7 says, the carnal mind is enmity against God. And it cannot be, it is not subject unto the law of God, neither indeed can be. 
In the fifth chapter of Romans, I'm just going to turn there and read this. This is too sweet to, to just try to quote or, or summarize. In the fifth chapter of Romans, in the, um, um, the sixth verse, notice what he says. He says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's saying, you know, sometimes people will die. They'll lay down their lives for somebody who's a good person. But, but, but you never die, want to die for a bad person. But yet God died for us while we were yet sinners. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him for... Now look at this. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You know what the reference here is to? The fact that we were enemies with God. Now look, that's not, that's not just the reprobate, but all the elect were a little bit better and they were able to... to, to to somehow engender favor with God. No, we were all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That's all of us, beloved. We are all together become unclean. None of us seek God. None of us desire God in the flesh. And yet when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. How was it that we were reconciled to God? Was it because we got better? Was it because we got educated? Was it because some preacher preached to us and told us to pray a prayer? Was it because we made some decision in our lives? No, beloved. It was by the death of His Son. The death of His Son. And you know, there's no place in the Scripture that better expresses this, this idea and this event than Psalm 85 and verse 10. In Psalm 85 and verse 10, we read this. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Why do they call Jesus shallow? Because he's the bringer of peace. Notice this. Mercy and truth are met together. You know, I've worked in the judicial system most all, my, all of my career, actually, in various capacities. And whenever, as a prosecutor, I would bring one before the bar of justice, and we would say, Judge, here is what he did. This is what he's pled guilty to. This is the punishment he deserves. If the judge imposed that punishment that he deserved, he could not also show mercy. And if he, if he showed mercy to the one who deserved a different punishment than what he got, then he was not doing justice. Mercy and truth, the truth of what he did, uh, caught up with that man that was brought before the bar of justice. And, and he ought to suffer a certain punishment, but mercy uh, was given and therefore truth was sacrificed, you see, if that happened. Same thing when it says righteousness and peace. You know, God is the ultimate righteousness. He's the holy of holies. He's, that's one of his greatest uh, 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 attributes is holiness. He cannot look upon sin so much so that he turned his back upon his son on the cross. And yet righteousness and peace kissed each other. There is no peace, God says, to the wicked. And we were of the wicked. 
And yet, righteousness and peace kissed each other. How? You can't have justice and mercy at the same time. You can't have righteousness and peace at the same time when it comes to man and God. So how in the world did this happen? It happened when the Lord Jesus Christ hung on the cross, suspended there between heaven and earth, the mediator between God and man. See, the mercy of God met the truth of grace and of the, of the wickedness of man. And grace covered all of the sins of every single one of his children. Righteousness and peace kissed each other on the cross of Calvary. That's why Shiloh is one of the most appropriate terms for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the bringer of peace. He's the bringer of rest. Finally tonight, notice the last little phrase in that verse 10. It says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, as we said. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. The idea here in that phrase, gathering of the people, is the idea of bringing together the nations in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. It carries the idea of obedience. In verse 11 there, it's talking about binding his, uh, binding his foal unto the vine and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. We've already said that, that a little donkey upon which never man has sat is not very peaceful. There's not very much peace you can bring to it. But the Lord Jesus Christ brought that colt on which never man had sat, and he, he sat upon him and rode him peacefully into Jerusalem. You see, this idea of obedience, this idea of the Lord breaking this little colt. Only Jesus can gather the little wild colts of this world and ride them in peace. And I want you to notice something else here. Notice it didn't say, unto him shall the people gather themselves. Did it say that? Unto him shall the people do what's necessary to come to him. No. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. He didn't say they would gather themselves. The idea here is passive. The term here is passive. It's the idea of being gathered. Who gathers the people? Shallow. Shiloh gathers the people. In John chapter 10 and verse 16, he said, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Notice he didn't say, they've got to get to me somehow, or you've got to go get to them to get them to come to me somehow. He said, them of this other fold, speaking of the Gentiles, he said, I must bring them. Who gathers the people? Shiloh gathers the people. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it says that Christ hath once suffered for sins, a just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Praise God, he is the one that gathers his people. In John chapter 6 and verse 37, he says, All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. Are they going to come under their own power? Are they going to come because they got smart enough or wise enough? Are they got preached to enough? No, he says in John 6, No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him. But I will raise him up at the last day. You see, the gathering of the people is on the shoulders of Shiloh. It's not on your shoulders. And it's not on mine. And praise God for that. 
There's a place, I believe it's in James chapter 4, where James tells us that friendship with the world is an enmity to God. If you'd be a friend of the world, you'll be an enemy of God. I'm not asking for a confession here. I don't want to ask you something about today even, but certainly this past week. Have you been a friend of the world this week? I have. I'm sorry to confess to you. I have. There's been things and ways that I've acted this week that have not shown me to be a friend of Shiloh, not shown me to be a friend of God, but to be a friend of the world, which makes me an enemy of God. I am so thankful that he didn't put my own gathering upon my shoulders. Because I'll tell you, there's days I'd come. Right now, I feel the Spirit of God. I don't, I don't feel like you could pry us apart with a wedge. I, I'm so thankful for the opportunities to come here to this church and to feel the Spirit of God abundant among us, the love flowing from breast to breast, the, the songs that are lifted up. Man, there's no way I could possibly uh, leave the Lord tomorrow. Surely tomorrow I'll get it all just right because I feel so close to Him tonight. Peter said, Lord, I don't care if, they, if I have to die with you. I will die with you. <laughs> I feel like Peter right now. I don't think Peter was lying about that. I don't think he was working that up within himself. I think he really felt that way. Don't you feel sometimes in, in, in such close fellowship with the Lord that if they sent the magistrates down and the, and the sheriff down to arrest you and drag you off to be martyred on the, in the name of Christ, you'd gladly go singing Amazing Grace all the way. I feel that way sometimes. I feel that way right now. <laughs> oh, but... I know myself, and I know Peter. I get Peter. It was just a few hours later that Peter, who was so staunch in his declaration of loyalty to Christ, that he was cursing and swearing as he warmed his hands by the coals of the world's fires. A child of God, I'm there so many times. Listen, I'm not proud of it. I'm not looking forward to it. I dread tomorrow. Got to get back out in the world. I won't get to be here with you. Oh, I, I, I long. This, by the way, that's why we need these days and these times. Because I need to be recharged. Because, my goodness, as bad as I am anyway, how bad would I be in my actions and in my thoughts and in my lifestyle if I didn't have this church to come to and get recharged? Praise God, he didn't put it on my shoulders. See, the scepter that was given to Judah lasted until Christ. And Christ still bears the scepter. He's still the Lord of lords and King of kings. He still rules and reigns at the right hand of the Father. He is still the head of the church. He is still our Savior and our Lord. But I am poor and weak and worthless. I am a worm and no man, as the psalmist declared in Psalm 22. And I need to know that he has gathered me and that he hadn't left it to me to be gathered myself. Because if I were left to myself, it would be, it would be, Hopeless for me. There's no way for a wild man of this world to be gathered in obedience to Christ unless Christ himself draws us, unless Christ himself gathers us.
But praise God, Shiloh, the peacemaker, the one who brings rest, has come. And you know, that's why, as I said this morning, the world so much misunderstands the 11th chapter of Matthew sometimes. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Beloved, that's not an invitation to a dead alien sinner to do something to get born again. That is a glorious invitation to a born-again child of God who is struggling in this world, who is carrying the burden of trying to, you know, like those, those Jews over there in the 10th chapter of Romans. He said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is they might be saved. He said, for I bear them record, they have a zeal of God. You don't have a zeal of God if you're not born of God, you see. And by the way, it said a zeal of God. That is, that is from God. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Christ. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. You know why you ought to trust him? Because he's done everything he said he would do. Sometimes we think about, you know, trust me, you know, trust me. And people don't know me. I remember being in, in, in meeting with victims and, and having, you know, first time to, to be in their presence. And, and I'd say, you just have to trust me. They said, well, why should I trust you? I said, well, I don't, have, I don't have much of a track record with you. But if you'll watch and see, the proof will be in the pudding. Beloved, the proof is in the pudding for the Lord Jesus Christ. He has done everything he said he would do. And he's going to continue to do it. And that includes delivering us safe into his presence one day. Shiloh, the gatherer of the people, the one that was born as a babe and laid in that manger there in Bethlehem. Very God became very man, and he walked the dusty roads of this graveyard earth, and he, every step he took was a step toward Calvary. And he didn't get halfway up and say, I've had enough. He didn't say, you know what? That old brother Chris, he's just done too much this time. I've had my full fill of him. You ever been there where you say, oh, I've just taken too I can't take anymore. Brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so has made me so mad. I can't take anymore. What if the Lord Jesus Christ had said that? <laughs> he took it all. And he went all the way up the Mount Calvary to dive and put away our sins, and he accomplished that task. Praise God for the glorious salvation we have only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you, and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.